Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild episode number 157, your semi-weekly YouTube podcast web series thingy. Uh, I don't know the, the line. Obviously, famous Wild Hearthstone streamer Get Me Out is not here. He's feeling a little bit under the weather. Uh, he probably took a look at the balance changes that we're going to be covering and um, maybe felt a little bit sick as a result. I don't know. I can't speak for him. How are you doing though, Corb? I'm doing alright. Uh... It's been a while since we've done a two-person pod. I, I can't remember the last time uh, one of us skipped town. Um, but Meowth, you know, like you said, I think that that Reno Shaman nerf, um, mm. we all know how much he, he really enjoyed that. I think that might have taken him out for the week. Yeah, he does love his interactive uh, decks. And as we all know, uh, long-term viewers will know that there's nothing more interactive in his mind than, uh, than Shutterwalk Shaman, so... Yeah, and uh, it's so great because now we can just say the stuff and he can't say anything, which is kind of exactly like a Shutterwalk Shaman experience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, he should enjoy that. He should be used to it by now. Uh, okay, so with all that, uh, we did have a second wave of fairly small minor balance changes. This is another data-only patch, so a lot of numbers shifting around, uh, which gets people upset because they think it doesn't matter, but like... As we've discussed many times, number changes do matter uh, in in many cases uh we'll, we'll see we'll see with some of these though this is uh, largely targeted at standard and uh coming off the back of the world championship that uh, happened over the weekend um they did minor changes before that more major changes now so as not to interrupt the uh the world championships too much but again this is a standard targeted change it being data only there's never a chance that uh, there are going to be some wild changes slipped in or it was unlikely that there were going to be so uh, first class that was hit is one that is was a common ban in the World Championship because it is such a, a strong uh, class, has strong decks going for it right now in Paladin. Actually had two Paladin cards hit, both of them AoE spells. They mentioned in the dev comment that um, they want Paladin to have AoE, but not necessarily at the power level that it is now. So Keeper's Strength was four mana. That goes to five. That is the buff a friendly minion, uh, give it plus two, plus two, and deal its attack to all other minions. So that was kind of a an awkward combination of a good board clear and good damage push uh, all in a single card, so probably doing a bit too much. Similarly, uh, Prismatic Beam uh, went from seven mana to eight mana. That is the one that uh, deals three to all enemy minions, but it does cost less for each enemy minion. This is, uh, you know, one that was often coming down for close to zero. Uh, with showdown um but yeah yeah you probably play a bit more standard than me and have you know people have been toying around with uh holy wrath paladin in in wild for quite a bit now um how impactful do you feel like these two are for more generally as well as uh in in wild yeah i mean generally these are the super important changes um paladin it's it's been very very strange uh Paladin having this sort of access to AoE and how that has kind of dominated aggressive matchups, especially with the showdown combo combo with Beam. Um, Paladin usually is one of those classes where, like, if you get on board against the Paladin, you're kind of doing well. It's kind of what made Paladin so exploitable, uh, typically, like always these aggro Paladin decks. So it's a really big deal. Um, a small thing about Prismatic Beam that I definitely missed the first time I read it is that it used to go face as well. So mm. it, it now it doesn't go face. Uh, which is kind of another big change for a deck like Holy Wrath Paladin because every damage point matters, right? If you're looking for that crucial 25. But yeah, these are big changes. Um, Keeper Strength, uh, probably less so than Beam for Wild. Like looking at Wild specifically, Beam was probably the better card. Um, Beam being a card that actually scaled even better in Wild a lot of the time because of like Even Shaman and Shadow Priest. Like the aggro decks in Wild would push so wide so fast and so it wasn't that uncommon to get like a turn three or a turn two beam just active like really easily so it's a really big deal um but even paladin stonks even paladin we up we can run showdown beam now we can run sea giant with the show no ruffle not, no, not no. I, I mean <laughs> i'm a big believer in the even paladin i feel like it uh gets underplayed usually that it, it could do something like it loses the keeper strength though, so clearly it can't uh, survive this. But yeah, I definitely did miss the fact that uh, Prismatic Beam doesn't go face anymore. That's a huge, huge deal because it going face was just kind of like 
I don't know, an extra slap in the face when you get a blade <laughs> against you because you get your board cleared, um, which also means that the minions on board for the opponent get to go face a lot of the time, and then you take three damage on top of that. And it just, uh, it got me lethal a lot of, in a lot of such situations when I would uh, play the card. So I, I think it was kind of silly that it went face to begin with. So that's a probably, probably a good change. And... I I do think one thing about the Paladin nerfs is that... Because we saw them do order first, right? And then they ended up having to land on these. Like, the the very first patch they could have done, Beam or Keeper Strength or, like, Gardens of Grace, is another card that was very complained about. Um, I think Boogie Down was probably a hard one to change the numbers on and, and get right. Like, a, that was a very tight one. Um, but I think what we learned, right, is that, like, Order of the Court is, you know, you're able to kind of build a strategy around it and make a deck very consistent but once again in Hearthstone it really seems like consistency is sort of something that is probably just like overvalued compared to just like good cards being good and if you're good you'll draw your good cards and like whether you have order in the court or not doesn't really change the fact that like beam is too powerful yeah. um so yeah I, th I feel like we've seen similar things before with maybe even like Polkelt or um, just other types of changes where it's kind of been curbed at the whole deck strategy, but a lot of the time the problem isn't the big strategy. It's just good cards having numbers on them that are wrong. Right. You get a, a in Hearthstone, you get a lot of your consistency from just like good deck building, right? You have 30 cards that's mm -hmm. relatively small compared to a lot of other card games. You don't have like um, mana issues like in Magic the Gathering or anything or resources that you need to um, accumulate in the form of cards. So it's like it just building your deck to have good cards in it is uh is a good way to improve consistency and especially in a format with as many as deep as wild with as many good cards as there are in wild it's just like just just run the good cards and even at this stage in standard right now like you have as many sets as you're ever going to have in standard there are going to be enough good cards to fill things out that you don't have to necessarily rely on the the deck manipulation as much Okay, so uh, what you're telling me is that uh, Holy Wrath Paladin officially dead, no longer a tier one deck in Wild, and we all have to cry because even Shaman is uh, going to uh, pick up some slack in the uh, the robot uprising has returned. Something like that. I think yeah. that's the story. Close to it. I mean that that one mana on the prismatic beam, like it going face against uh, even Shaman, pretty irrelevant. But like that one mana could make a pretty big difference in in a lot of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, but Paladin was not the only class to get two cards hit. Uh, there was another, um, uh, another set of synergistic cards in Druid. Uh, Dragon Druid specifically got two cards, uh, bumped in stats. Uh, this is Splish Splash Whelp, which is Get Me Out's favorite card to say. I'm, I'm stepping in for him as the host, so I had to struggle over that. It was solidarity. Mm. It wasn't just me not being able to say it. And uh, Nest Matron, or Desert Nest Matron, uh, Splish Splash loses a an attack because it has no health to lose, and Desert Matron loses a point of health. Um, that said, these are both cards that are included largely because of the the text on the card in the battle cry, right? They're not really there to be big beaters. Um, you know, Desert Nest Matron does cheat some mana early that, like, could be relevant for tempo plays, especially in Standard. A lot of times in Wild, it can be used with an Aviana combo, so that's pretty irrelevant. Um, and, I mean, Splish Splash is still just a Wild Growth on a body, right? So how how much are these going to actually change, uh, move the needle a bit on Dragon Druid? Because I got to tell you, I saw a lot of them in duels today. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, aren't these just duels targeted changes that they kind of snuck in there? That was my understanding of how the duels meta is going right now. No, no. these uh, When you're playing, like, 14 uh, Splish Splash Whelps followed up by, like, six or seven uh, Fies, it doesn't matter what their stats are, you know. You don't actually <laughs> care. Uh, they did say that, like, Dragon Druid is a little bit uh, higher or stronger than where they want it to be. I think that with these cards and their effects, they probably didn't need to be as close to, like, just evenly statted minions as they are, right? Like, Wild Growth is one of the historically strong cards in all of Hearthstone history. Um, Nest Matron is coming down for zero mana. <laughs> so, like, these are cards that just didn't need the stat lines that they had? Yeah, I, I think, like, well, 
obviously they could have pushed it to three. They they could have done that and maybe buffed it up to a three mana three two, or they could have done this, which is just like make the tempo a little bit weaker. Um, they probably have good reason for like wanting to keep the wild growth card on too. Like whether it's a certain curve, like even this this curve basically like whelp into matron on four because the similar thing is true with nest matron. They could have pushed that up to five mana instead. Um, which I, I think for a, a gameplay perspective might have been, like, a nicer change, uh, where, like, you know, the free body doesn't come down for one extra turn compared to a free body coming down with just one less health. Like, that would have been a harsher nerf, probably. Um, but these are very, very small nudges. And I, I think that Druid is deck that they're probably comfortable, um, like, uh, being a little bit softer on, just because even though it is very strong right now, uh, it is going to be very weak to super fast snowballing aggro, and a lot of that super fast snowballing aggro has been kept in check by Paladin. So, like, my expectation is that they're probably not too scared about wealth and, uh, you know, Drew in general um, being too powerful while wanting to preserve the strong cards from this set. Because, I mean, people like the dragons. I like the dragons. I think the dragons have probably been maybe the package that people have been most excited about um, and eager to play uh, from the entire set so far. Yeah, I think that, like, it is a relatively strong deck, both in wild and in, and in standard, but it's not one that I hear a lot of complaints about outside of duels, obviously. But um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not selfishly. I would have liked a harder touch, but there are things that, like outside of these cards, that I think would have um, done that for for du or is necessary for duel. So I wasn't like under any illusion that they're going to um, fix that format. But like, um, I, I am in agreement that I think that. Uh, maybe a mana increase to Nest Matron might have been more appropriate, just because like the the Matron into the uh, the Shoot Man um, is just so much of a board swing for this deck that like it feels quite bad to play against in in nearly any format. When it happens on curve, it's not a whole lot of fun, and having delaying that by a turn at the very least feels like it would uh, uh, be a, a little bit more fun to play against, and it feels like like just because of the, if it weren't for the existence of these two cards in the set, uh, the matron and the, uh, the five, four that shoots, um, I would be less inclined to care about the, uh, the, the mana cost of the nest matron, but that interaction in particular is kind of gross. Yeah. I mean, five mana would also be in line with previous zero cost mid-sized minions that we've seen with things like arcane tyrant. There was also the three, five taunt in druid, I, I believe. Um, I can't remember exactly what that was called. But yeah, like, zero cost stuff coming down on turn five, very normal. But then again, when was the last time you saw an Arcane Tyrant? So. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right. This is the one. Next up, we have the uh, the nerf that is going to uh, cause, get me out some pain. Um, <laughs> Staff of the Nine Frogs. That is the weapon that is generated by Dr. Holiday, the, the Reno Shaman card um lost an attack so it used to be a 2-9 weapon which is absurd it is now a 1-9 weapon but it still summons the frog um that's intuitively that feels kind of like a big deal because that you were kind of getting them in the face was the whole point of playing that on curve right like the the taunts allowed you to go facer uh because you can just rely on them to soak up the the backswing rather than having to clear off the minions and not having that damage go face feels like a pretty big oof. Like, we saw something similar with Cariel in the past where, like, that repetitive damage that's consistent turn after turn really starts to add up. So, um, how is this card feeling <laughs> now as a result of that change? I think it's still pretty good. But, I mean, you know, they, they said it in the patch notes, I think, where they were like, yeah, um, there are some metrics where Doc Holiday might be the best card in the entire format. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's... That's pretty realistic. I mean, it was one of the best cards in Wild uh, as well, so it was pretty crazy. But I don't know. It's a really big deal, isn't it? Because usually Doc's a card that people are hard mulliganing for. Like, they're trying to slam it on 5 ASAP, and game's typically going for, like, 9, 10 turns. Like, I don't know. That, that's a lot of... That's a big nerf. That's, like, 5 damage, 6 damage uh, off a card, which is sort of massive. Um, I'm sure it'll still be good because, like... The scaling of the frogs is still very tempo positive by the time you just get to like the second and then by the third frog you're you're doing kind of some wacky free free you know tempo generation every turn so 
But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I um I, I would be shocked if Doc Holiday is the quote unquote like best card in standard still. Uh, I'd be very very surprised if it was looking better than Reno in deck specifically like Reno Shaman. But do I expect it to still be like on top five card in the deck? Yeah, probably. Like realistically, this yeah. is still a good payoff. Yeah, I think of the nerf so far, this is probably the most impactful. But it's maybe one of the ones. Well, this one prismatic beam, but it's one of the ones that had like. The enough distance to give uh, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, you know it, it's it's relative power level. Like you talked about being tempo positive and doing nutty things by like the third or fourth frog, and I'm I'm sitting here thinking to myself, when was the last time I saw the fourth frog? Because my opponent just kind of died to like <laughs> that 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 damage that I was accumulating from a two attack weapon. So yeah, probably brings it more in line with uh, you know normal cards in in Hearthstone. Yeah. All right, uh, we did get a singular Rainbow Mage uh, nerf, which is one that uh, people have been, uh, you know, clamoring for for a while, pretty much since Sif was released uh, in, in Standard. So Arcane Worm was the big hit. It's now a 1-mana one 1-1 one -one that adds an Arcane Bolt to your hand. Which is fine. Like, I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of cards in Hearthstone, like, 1-1s one generate a thing. Arcane Worm was um, pretty damn good because, like, 1-drops that scale are always pretty awesome. Like, and this is a 1-drop that scaled great because, you know, the, the Arcane Bolt is decent in the early game, but it's also a really key combo enable. So um, this was, like, just a very soft, very, very, like, soft nerf, I think. Um, but they're obviously continued to be scared of Rainbow and Mage. Because people love it so much, I suppose. <laughs> like, like if Rainbow Mage is good, then it's going to be 20% of the meta minimum. So they'd probably rather try and keep aiming for it to be right around that 50%, like, high tier 3 area. Because people are going to play it regardless, probably. Yeah, people like doing big numbers. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that the, the chip damage early is not inconsequential for that deck. Or even something like maybe a, a Reno Quest Mage that might be running this. And... It dies to a ping now. It it trades less favorably into token minions. So, it, on appearance, it might look like nothing, but it's it does something. Uh, just maybe not as heavy handed as people might have wanted for that particular deck. But that deck doesn't really exist in our format. So, um, let's move on to Pyrotechnician, which is also <laughs> not a card that exists really in our format, but it has been temporarily banned as a result of some silliness that was happening in um druid of course because a lot of neutral cards get uh murdered for the sake of uh druid sims um so this is likely going to just be a rework but because data only patch and short time frame before the holiday they didn't really have a way to adjust this in time while still taking fire druid out of the uh out of the current metagame so uh probably a healthy change i don't know i never really encountered the deck but it doesn't seem like it's one that people would enjoy queuing into if people start getting good at it yeah um this continues to reinforce my idea that thaddeus re uh, the thaddeus change was kind of a mistake um yeah i can't i keep like they keep being these little things that pop up that sort of abuse thaddeus taking everything to zero where previously it's old effect while very very silly it only put things to one, so it didn't mean that there was a certain point where things stopped. Because there are a few interactions, even in Wild, where I'm kind of like, is this, like, really a thing that should exist? I really don't like the Imprisoned Horror Thaddeus Seed Warlock. Um, that would probably be my, like, relatively top priority nerf list. And it's not like it's everywhere, I just think that for play pattern reasons, it's sort of a bit icky. And that kind of thing is going to probably keep popping up with the way Thaddeus exists right now. So, um... Not the biggest shocker, like, Thaddeus does rotate in uh, March, presumably. <laughs> like, no, no spoilers on the next set, but we think it's March. Um, and so, like, maybe Pyrotech gets to go back to normal after that, or maybe they unban it, or maybe they, like, whatever. And, um, and maybe Thaddeus is just a good candidate for a revert like that. Maybe he's less dangerous at, uh, yeah. at, at his old... Um stat line he never I don't, did he, he really do yeah, much he, in wild he, yeah not in wild like in standard he um 
was a bigger deal, obviously, because the uh, the Chad Warlock putting cards to one. But people thought the change would initially kill that deck, and it ended up being fine. Yeah. <laughs> like it, this was it was meant to be a nerf, and it really turned into sort of like a side grade that opened up these weird infinite possibilities, which I think is sort of the opposite of what they would really be aiming for when it comes to like a nerf like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I. Definitely agree, but uh, I guess that's a problem for uh, mm -hmm. future Blizzard. So, uh, with the balance changes, though, in addition to nerfs, there's also, uh, you know, my favorite thing that happened. Uh, a lot of cards were were buffed in the uh, in the interim, largely in Priest and Rogue. Well, I guess a few classes. Priest, Rogue, Warlock, and Death Knight, all of which are not in the best spot right now in... Uh, <laughs> Any format? Uh, largely standard, though. But uh, um, So, first and foremost, Elise, Badlands Savior. Still an 8-mana 5-5, five five, which... That's pretty limiting for the wild format. Uh, but if your deck has no duplicates, summon 5-5 five five copies of 4 random minions. So I believe this just bumped up the stat line <laughs> to 5-5s five instead of 4-4s. Four doesn't seem like it's going to make the deck that much more fun to play or make this a good enough payoff to justify playing because in my experience limited mind you playing this card it lives and dies on whether or not it's amon thule or faceless or the behemoth and mm -hmm. i could not consistently get it to hit those cards so it just always felt bad to play it didn't matter what the stat lines are for those cards or anything else that i pulled out it just felt bad to play yeah, um, it's a card that needs pretty strong build around, but the problem is Highlander, you're running generic Battlecry minions. Like, they're, they're so conflicting, the strategies. Like, if you're always hitting a Amanthal and Yogg and, um, I don't know, just, like, whatever, the Colossal and Zilliax and stuff like that, then great. Like, you have a very, very impactful card, but it's like, no, you need to run Reno, you need to run Raza, you need to run Zephyrus, you need to run, like, early game. Like, so it just doesn't really work for the highlander deck um which is kind of true for a lot of these highlander payoffs uh, i i think is that they they kind of just like go in the deck or they don't like they don't really change the strategy of the highlander um archetypes very much it seems like uh compared to something like raza in the past um and so yeah like this one is just probably not going to be good enough <laughs> like we'll, we'll see it's a lot of stats but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it is a lot of stats, but again, like if there's no immediate board impact in terms of anything, then like, what are you going to do? You need to be able to do something on the eight mana play. Yeah, card, especially in wild cards that come down for eight mana or more, need to have a more immediate impact than this is going to most of the time. Uh, another priest buff, which is probably my vote for the one most likely to get uh, reverted, because this is a card that was in a world champions lineup uh and like did relevant things for the deck and uh it is pip the potent who has dropped down from four mana three five to a three mana three three and of course if you haven't seen her or if you didn't watch the world championship she copies each one cost card in your hand um scary for naga priest potential or like that uh thirsty shadow priest type deck um and this is like a mana nerf for a card like this is huge right because you're you're duplicating your hand and you're doing that earlier so the next turn you just get to spam a bunch of one drops and you're like maintaining a hand advantage in the process while getting a huge tempo advantage this is a pretty scary card uh or in the context of it dropping down a mana when it was already like a playable card before yeah for sure it was um this is kind of like the edwin candidate where it, now am i saying it's going to be as good as the edwin to three three like no no i don't think so but uh in terms of like the card that was sort of locked in and then by the time they locked in like three days later the, they probably wouldn't have made that decision um this is that card because naga priest was a very very late addition to the meta basically like it happened basically at the exact moment they were locking in changes um and i think they definitely probably would gone with something a little different had they been able to see pocket train and maybe like yeah. the way they did in the world championships um but it is what it is like do i think pip 
really breaks things open? Probably not. Like, I think that Naga Priest was probably just very well positioned already, as it was, uh, for standard. So, like, if it's good, it was probably going to be good anyway. Um, the question is mostly just, like, okay, is it going to be good, or is it going to be, like, tier zero classic Hearthstone Christmas meta <laughs> where there's, like, one super broken deck, and, uh, you know, we had that a couple of years in a row with, like, Thief Rogue stuff. So, um, yeah, this is really good. I hadn't thought about the idea of it in, like, Aggro Priest. Um, I guess you probably don't do that, but, like, you could probably build your deck around it, because Mindseek is a really good card to duplicate, Thrifters and stuff like that. It's a lot of value for that, but probably not, but, yeah, I was really disappointed when I went to go build Naga Priest in Wild, and then I just, like, poured it over the standard deck and was ready to make some changes, and then I saw that the, the clergy was banned, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I can't do this. I can't play this. I want to play Funnel Cakes and Clergy and do all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Because they banned a core card. Very strange. I still don't know what they're doing with that. I don't yeah. think they know either. I mean, you've got Northshire Cleric at least, right? Isn't like That can almost do a Clergy all, impression. If you, and just throw in a Wild Pyro, you're fine. Sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, this is, this is one that's you know, a little bit spooky, just because it, it wasn't even, like, a playable world championship deck. It was a top-performing world championship deck, so we'll see We'll see if there's any developments on that. Uh, the next one is a card that I had to check if it was real uh, when it was announced. This is Invasive Shadeleaf. <laughs> I can now officially tell you that this didn't exist before the, ex uh, before the buff. Uh, what it did is it cost four mana, deal eight to an enemy minion and then it does the bottle thing where you get a one mana with the excess it now starts at 10 and you save the excess in a bottle uh yeah again news to me that this was a card to begin with uh but i think this is probably that weird archetype that they were trying to buff the pit for and then they just kind of did an oopsie with the uh the the naga priest and uh this card is probably still not going to see play, even with a, a pip, like, because those initial cards probably aren't going to see play. Yeah, it's not great, because it's still, like, five mana for two single target removals, which is, like, it's okay, because, like, the, the following one, the one drop, is still, like, a big tempo swing play, because you get to this, like, one mana kill thing, but, like, five mana is two single target removals, like, you know, it's not really tempo positive. We're thinking about it with like a Shadow of Death or something. Like, it's not awesome. Um, I probably would have expected this to maybe go to three, and then maybe you change the number. Maybe you make it like seven damage or eight. Maybe you can keep it at eight. I don't know, but I still don't think this is very good at four. Probably no. No. Uh, speaking of not very good, uh, <laughs> Rodin got a big buff here. Um, his old was Death Rattle. Summon each minion who played this game that didn't start in your deck. Uh, his as as a six mana five five. His new is six mana five five. Death rattle. Summon each minion who played this game that didn't start in your deck, but with taunt. <gasps> so the taunt clearly ends it, right? Yes. Um. I thought this was the card you were talking about, which you didn't know if it was real, because I oh, forgot no. this card existed. Oh, no. Of course I've played this card. Come on. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> like, at least this card is fun. The Shade Leaf is just boring. But, yeah, this is uh, probably not going to move the needle on the play rate of Rod. And people that were playing it, like me, are going to continue playing it. Uh, people that are playing against it are going to continue ignoring killing it. Killing you. Yeah, <laughs> and just killing you to the best of their ability anyway uh yep. so yeah it's also just Tough like yep. you actually have to play the minions that he summons out too which is a really big deal because you can't use like res effects to manipulate his pool you can't do having to play is the big pain point for uh, mm. this card not the not not him dying right yeah, I was just reading that effect because, like, again, it's been a while since I've read Rodden, to be <laughs> honest. Um, and I, I was thinking that, like, oh, it doesn't say, like, resummon each minion you've summoned that didn't start right. in your deck. Like, yeah, that, that res pool effect would be very, very different. So Right. Um, you, you pretty much just have creation protocol and, like, synchronized seance in order to make cards do something mm -hmm. with this. That's tough. Yeah. Well... 
The good news is there were some uh, rather frustrating cards that felt bad to play that did have that changed uh, with this, including the Azerite Scorpion, which is the legendary excavate reward for Rogue, um, and Velarock Windblade. So both of these got uh, pretty substantial like changes um, as a result of just how limiting they were to play in the past. So first of all, Velarock transforms now when you play one card from another class instead of three, which was uh, quite difficult to get online um, in in any format, um, and probably just makes the card like worth running in your deck on purpose now. Like if you if you have a way to generate other classes' cards, sure, throw a Velarock in there; it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I think just as critically, the Azerite Scorpion was one of the worst feeling um, legendary rewards you could get from excavating just because it didn't do anything until you cycled through the second round of uh, fully excavating to the legendary treasure. So it wasn't until you got the second Azerite Scorpion that you actually could play the first Azerite Scorpion (laughs) because um, (laughs) everything costs full mana. But now uh, the battle cry reads get four random spells. They cost one less less for each time you've excavated, but not less than one. So you get some potential tempo advantage um, as a result of playing the first one relatively early. So things can't go below one. If they start at zero, I think I saw that they stay at zero. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, you don't have to just sit there, you know, waiting around to continue excavating anymore. You can actually get a decent tempo swing uh, from the first Azerite Scorpion. Yeah, such a good change. Like, uh, obviously makes the second Scorpion almost the exact same, like, largely. Um, but just sort of smoothing out that payoff. It kind of reminds me a little bit when they transitioned from quests to quest lines, where the intention was sort of to take away the big final reward being the only impactful thing, and you kind of want to reward players for sort of hitting each step. Um, and just like doing, you know, actually making progress in the game plan. So this is really great. Like, I, I love that you get a reward and you don't have to feel like, oh God, that was halfway done. Now I have to do it all over again. Um, so that's great. Uh, they're not less than one thing. I'm kind of a bit like, eh, I, I kind of like cost the cards that can go to zero. Um, and I'm not really sure there was necessarily that much fear over like a graveyard Draka possibility um like I, I suppose it would have been possible but i'm trying to think of like a lot of the excavate cards kind of going in that package like yeah i'm not entirely sure but um i guess it is a lot it would be a lot of discounted stuff like especially with shadow step so yeah, yeah probably probably fair call i think um i think the uh the, the shadow step existence is probably one of the the bigger because getting you know an extra four potentially zero mana cards could you know, make a, a rather large difference in the size of your uh, of your ghost or Draka. Yeah, this change seems so good, though. It does make me wonder, like, I wonder if they ever play tested this or anything, because it like it seems so just elegant uh, compared to what the in the the, the released mm. card was. Right. So maybe the an early iteration did so, do something similar. Potentially even did reduce down to zero, and then maybe that was why they like nerfed that part of it and then now they're kind of coming back to some sort of middle ground with it obviously we can't know for sure but yeah they it i agree that it's like a clean elegant change to make the card feel a lot better to play yeah all right well one last rogue card um this one probably still feels very bad to play it is shell game uh that's the one that gives you an epic rare and common from another class uh it's down from three mana to two mana that's a lot of card generation but like the problem in my experience is the cards that you get are just terrible so (laughs) it doesn't matter how much you pay for the shell game because the cards you get are terrible so not sure that this one is going to make much of a difference other than just like giving burgle rogue a way to burgle in in standard for a bit yeah and i think that's that's all it needs right Right. it's not meant to be going in anything good it's just going in test decks and I think this was probably the most obvious change. Like when they released the pictures and stuff, I was just like, oh, so shell game to two. Like there's literally nothing else you can do with this. And uh, I think like almost every other card, you could have made some argument in some other direction, but like this seems very clear. This seems like a really good, um, just like default cost for this type of effect. Like I think, what do we have? Do we, we have Burgle? 
What does the original Burgle do now? Is that I think two it's mana three or? mana, grab three still. Yeah, so like, let's put that to two. Come on, come on. Yeah. Let's just bump it up. Let's bump it up these random Thief Road cards. Why not? Well, I, I, I'm on board for that. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to argue against that. All right. Um, next up, we have Warlock, who did get a handful of things changed. First and foremost, their Barrel of Sludge. That was the thing that when you blow it up, uh, would discard it, whatever, destroy it, play it. It uh, deals three damage. Well, now it costs three mana, so you're never playing it from hand, and it deals uh, four damage instead. So well, it, does it? Sometimes. Uh, so allegedly, it deals four damage to the lowest health enemy. The problem is, is that it's currently bugged, so that when you destroy or discard it, it deals three still. I found this out the hard way, um, and it felt quite bad. Um, that said, it does feel quite good when you play it alongside Popgar the Putrid now, who was buffed a little bit to continue offsetting the, the increasing cost, so uh, he reduces them by two now instead of just one. Um, so they still come down for one when you play Popgar. That means you heal for a bit more because of the lifesteal uh, on Popgar. That said, I don't... This wasn't an archetype in Wild. Uh, what was a card in Wild, though, was uh, Furnace Fuel which went down from four mana to three mana. That is the card that when this is played or discard or destroyed, draw two cards. There were some iterations of Questline Warlock that were trying to blow this up. Uh, how impactful is this change going to be for that type of deck? Um, I mean, while discard Warlock, this is kind of a nerf. Uh, like, at least the, well, for the Fatigue Questline Warlock, because uh, this was like, wing welding fuel um and apart from that you'd always just discard it with chamber it doesn't really change anything you just discard it with the fracking that doesn't really change anything like like in a lot of ways it's kind of like not impactful except for wing welding specifically um so yeah i mean i don't know like when it comes to payoffs like this you never actually in wild ever 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 want to play the card you don't want to play an arcane intellect and so it all just is irrelevant just about the the payoff effect and that didn't change so it's probably the tiny nerf but you can also just make wing welding really good by just making double hand of gul'dan in the deck right um and not worrying about the four aoe just like going a little bit more back in on the six aoe so it's like very negligible i think yeah so just maybe dump the frackings or something like that if then just I mean, go back to what it was before the expansion the the alternative was they could have kept it at four and made it draw three cards and then we would have been cooking I, that's maybe a little bit over cooking for me <laughs> get out of the kitchen yeah no no thank you no thank you that is not a deck that we need to increase the strength of in uh in wild all right a deck that we do need to increase the strength of, though, is uh, Rainbow Death Knight. That is just kind of fallen flat since it was introduced for a wide variety of reasons. One of which is that you can't really spend corpses very efficiently in um, that rune set. Um, so a lot of the rune spendy cards that you're happy to play are, you know, two or three runes. Uh, the exception was maybe Maw and Paw, which has been buffed. They, they are given an extra attack which in my experience probably isn't going to make it that likely to stick on board all that longer because it gets silenced or just uh removed but it does um trade down into a board a little bit more cleanly um for whatever that's worth and corpse bride was also buffed to um give the risen groom that it summons taunt so corpse bride for those that haven't played it because who has uh, you can spend up to 10 corpses to summon a Rhythm Groom. He now has Taunt that have that much attack and health. So more than Rodden, I feel like this one is actually relevant because um, you're trying to make a tempo play here with this card. And the problem with it previously was people just kind of go over the top and ignore it uh, because they are likely already ahead on board by nature of not playing Rainbow Death Knight. And so... <laughs> This um, would just kind of largely get ignored and you would die. Now it forces some sort of response. Um, you know, it probably has a hefty uh, stat line that uh, 
the opponent's not going to be excited about uh, trading into, probably still not enough to make the deck, uh, you know, a meta contender. Um, probably not. No. <laughs> like, uh, I think I think more and four is probably quite good now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that that's a big buff. Like, if the opponent has to trade into it, they probably have to trade like two or three things. So like, you kind of dealt like an extra two or three damage. Um, which is kind of a big deal, like, it's decent. Yeah, it, it kind of gets <laughs> um, that, pl even if it dies, it kind of gets that plus five health anyway, just by nature of, like, removing the stuff on removing board. Removing stuff? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, like, I think that helps a lot. Um, but yeah, Corpse Ride, I don't know. Like, it, we can table this a again, like, do a bigger combo potentially at some point about the rune system, because the rune system is, I think it's fair to say, like, objectively, it's, like, flopped super hard and it hasn't gone the direction that they intended um does that mean it'll be like a flop for the future probably not like i don't know like they can definitely change some things and try and um send things in a different direction but i think it's very clear that like death knight as initially released they wanted to have the three like the three rune decks and that was the triple payoffs and that was kind of how death knight was initially released in december and then as we headed into rotation they kind of wanted to open things up and bring in these many you know like combo rune archetypes with plague death knight being frost and unholy and then rainbow death knight being a thing and then we had this like blood and unholy payoff and stuff and none of it's worked like it's all flopped it's all just triple runes triple runes all the time nothing but and um does it have to be that way i don't know like it's hard like it's hard to support essentially three different archetypes at once with a card set that's the same as everyone else like they only get the same amount of cards as everyone else but they're kind of like trying to support three classes at once so it's very complicated uh very tricky and um i'm very interested to see what they do with death knight in the upcoming core set rotation and like how they try and realign things because right now it hasn't really been working out i think yeah i think that that's probably why we haven't seen a whole lot of death knight since it was first released and it effectively got like <laughs> multiple expansions worth of cards in order to compete with uh the other uh the other classes uh last death knight change though this will surely break um rainbow death knight wide open cne got basically all of its numbers changed deal six damage summons three minions now and they're two twos to start with so you get kind of like a head start on your corpse spending still doesn't feel like a 10 mana card um no, like, uh, you could probably put this to eight and maybe witch on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Give it tradable as well. I'm, I'm such a big fan of like what they did with Stranglethorn Heart, mm. the uh, yeah. the Hunter Legendary. Like, if you're playing like a big build around payoff like this, give it tradable, it's make it not feel awful to draw this on two and think, wow, I'm holding this for nine turns. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a good solution. And would it? It, it, that still wouldn't make Rainbow Death Knight like a a meta relevant deck, but it would make the card feel a lot better to not get stuck in hand. All right, yeah. one last class in Warrior, getting some huge buffs because they needed them. Uh, Kazgoroth has plus one health. Uh, that is, of course, the Warrior Titan, um, which already gains health. Oh. Um, so boring. So boring. It, out of like out of any checks they could have made, I couldn't help but look at this one and go like, really? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a it's a fine card, but when you compare it to some of the other titans, it's like, you know, it it's not exciting to play. It's a good card. People play it on purpose, but this doesn't make it me more excited to play. You're right. Yeah, I mean, like, Kaz was already a card that was kind of 50-50 borderline in, like, uh, even Warrior. Um, like, it, it's fine. And now it probably just becomes, like, a core card in even Warrior. Like, not one of the best, but, like, a card you wouldn't cut. Because stats matter. Like, even just one health matters. It's not exciting by any means. But it matters. Yeah. No, it, it certainly does, right? Because, like, a lot of times the way people interact with uh, Titans is to remove them because they can't attack, so you have to attack into it, and maybe it doesn't die as much anymore. Uh, next up, though, this one, if Kazgaroth didn't excite you, this one definitely will. Slagma the Slumbering. 
Um, that is the 4 mana 16-16 Rush Taunt, but of course it goes dormant for 6 turns now instead of 8 turns, uh, but still has the same Excavate to Awaken 2 turns sooner. So basically you get a free Excavate out of this. Um, All right, there's one more card that got uh, buffed, and this is another one that I did not know existed until I accidentally generated it today. That is Horseshoe Slinger. It's a two-mana... It used to be a three-mana 2-2. Two -two. It's now a two-mana 1-1 one -one with the battle cry, deal two damage to a random enemy minion with quick draw and one of its neighbors. Nice buff of Flint. That's, uh... Yeah, that's how I generated it today. <laughs> that's the only way, reason I know it's a card. That and Stick Up, like, is... Wait, Stick Up can't even generate this, so no. Only Flint. Um, which already got yep. buffed. So basically yep. we're getting like a two mana buff to Flint now as a result of this uh, change because you just Excellent. always generate this card every time in my experience. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your experience. Yeah. Never heat wave when, I, when I'm when begging for it, but uh, this is almost a heat wave now. Okay. All right. So a lot of changes. Uh, Outside of Paladin and Shaman, though, not a whole lot of impact in our format, though, that I'm seeing. Maybe some, you know, small uh, incremental nerfs to the Druids will make it a little bit less popular, but um, I don't know. Like, uh, how impactful do you feel these changes were for, for Wild in particular? Um, I mean, it's hard to say they're not impactful because, like, Holy Wrath Paladin is probably the highest win rate deck, and, like, that got nerfed, so... That's kind of a big deal. Um, Reno Sham is the most popular deck. That got nerfed. That's a big deal. And Dragon Druid is probably the second or third most... Well, I forgot about Even Shaman. But whatever. Dragon Druid also up there in like top three, like Reno Druids, whatever. And that got nerfed as well. Um, so they're all like very gentle nudges. And they are impactful. But I think a lot of the time what we're looking for in Wild is for like nerfs and buffs to open up deck building possibilities. Like, which is kind of what we got with Order in the Court. Is that like that was a nerf that sort of opened up the possibility of Holy Wrath Paladin more to people. Um, and in terms of that, I don't think we really got a ton back. We did get the even Paladin. I'm sure like that might be something that people give it a try now. And now that we have like Prismatic Beam and even Paladin, like that's kind of noteworthy. Um, but a lot of the buffs themselves, looking more at the buffs rather than the nerfs, the buffs don't really excite me very much. Um, I'm kind of flipping through and I'm like, what do I actually want to do with any of this? Uh, I think Pip the Potent is probably the one that comes to mind as like a card that can be very good in potentially more like board centric y stuff, like Shadow, the probably not, but like maybe like Inner Fire type stuff, maybe like the Naga Priest. Maybe we can port it over into Wild even without the damn clergy that I want to play with so bad. Um, but there could also be, like, the combo stuff, the, uh, the burn priest, the, the phantasm, and play a whole bunch of spells with radiant elemental. And, um, in a combo deck like that, Pip coming down one turn earlier, and that's a big deal. Um, so, we'll see, we'll see. Um, especially as well, because, like, I don't know, it, like... I don't, I don't know, just, like, the ability for the combo cards to come down, it, like, even with insight... They're going down to one mana. Like, <laughs> there might be some funky stuff where you can do where you could actually generate pip into generating pip. I'm not exactly sure how that would look, but um, I, I it's a possibility. Um, as long as you have like two pips in hand that cost one mana. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think pip is the exciting one, but overall, big, big, big patch. Not that into it. Not that into it into what it opens up. Anyway, yeah. Ruffle, your turn. Yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, I'm largely in agreement. I, I'm. A little bit excited about the rogue stuff just because it like makes cards that felt bad to play a little bit less bad to play like they're still going to feel bad to play because you just die when you play them but like <laughs> in the rare instance where you don't it's going to feel pretty good right so it, like it makes them cards that are i don't know like actually worth caring about it feels like and so that's that's a that's a nice change but yeah on the whole um not the most inspiring patch uh, in terms, but I think that was intentional. I think they wanted to go light touch across the board. I think they're relatively happy with uh, how the metagame has started to shake out, uh, at least in standard. And so, um, I don't know. I also think that it being a data-only patch, 
I think they're still waiting to see how things develop and probably have a lighter or a larger patch um, after the holidays are over when they have, you know, more time to discuss it as well as set up like some uh, a more major set of changes. So hopefully that uh, the, that does more things, but like, I don't know, that would, major changes would mean that things are pretty broken over the course of the holiday. <laughs> uh to justify major changes taking place uh you know after the holiday so that might not be the best case scenario either yeah i mean this is a relatively quote-unquote safe patch and we still ended up with pip the potent and naga priest so it's yeah. like look this is like as safe as they can go sort of and we're still running a lot of risks so if they make something bigger then you know there's more risk um there's also a very good chance that like this could just be the last patch that we get before the mini set uh, yeah. i'm not i don't know anything but like the the March 11 date has been thrown around a lot uh, for like the upcoming expansion based on when I think it's like the pre-order stops being on sale or something. Like yeah, that. The, yeah, exactly. The pre-order. I think this also might be something to do with like the rewards track or mm. something. Uh, I, I'm not sure. That's it also a... lines up with Hearthstone's like 10 year anniversary, I believe, mm. of like official release. So there's a lot of stuff that's kind of building up to the idea of like a early mid March release, and that means that the mini set. Might be a little bit earlier than we expect. Like, we never really know. The mini set isn't always super consistent in terms of exactly bang on two months, but it wouldn't shock me if, like, 20th of Jan or something was maybe the day that we might be circling as a, like, hypothetical, which means that by the time the team comes back from Christmas and stuff, maybe we just kind of ride it out until whenever the, the next mini set is. Because I think 20th of Jan was right around when, like, Galakron's Awakening uh, mini set was, was announced or was released, so... You know, we have that kind of date, and uh, you know, in our history. So, there you go. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, uh, I feel like that's a good place to to leave things. Maybe uh, set some expectations for what may or may not happen uh, in the in the coming year. Uh, that also means that things are going to be a little bit slow in terms of news, very likely moving forward. So, uh, for us, that means podcasts maybe a little bit, you know slower cadence uh until the mini set gets announced and revealed and then we'll go back into to reveal season but mm. i do want to thank you all for listening to the end as usual make sure that uh if you got to this point to wish get me off well in the comments below um and corb let the people know where they can find you uh trying to break pip the potent yeah guys you can find me at twitch.tv slash corbett or find me on twitter and youtube at corbett games uh, yeah, and you can find me on Twitch and YouTube at Raffle, probably raging at uh, the the Dragon Druids that I keep queuing into uh, while I'm trying to get duels runs going. So thanks again for watching, everybody, and we'll see you again next time.